uh, Brandon, I um, I I watched the POV to the Mario Kart ride. It looks kind of mid. It looks it looks kind of mid. <laughs> it gets yeah. it's slow as hell. Yeah, it's like okay. I thought that was supposed to be a fast paced game. It's a you know it's a I mean? car roller coaster. It's, a it's not a racing. coaster. It's a dark ride. It should be with... a coaster. I thought it was gonna. I thought it was gonna be like a the car like Space the cars Mountain? ride or that no, not even, even like like yeah like uh, Radiator Springs or the test track and but no, it's just it's just a dark ride. You know, so lame. I've heard it's also like I heard the land is also kind of like. They call Tiny. it like what is Super Nintendo World, but a lot some people have called it like Super Nintendo Corner. Yeah, but the food looks good. I, yeah, I the say food that. does look good. A no, land shouldn't be an upcharge attraction. Is it an up? Do you have to pay extra? Okay, but to get access to like the second attraction, which is essentially just a mini game, you need to gather enough coins. But in order to gather coins, you need to get the power band at the store. What's Which the is second like, attraction? It's just like a mini game that you play with your friends to get more coins. And then you can put be put on the top of the leaderboard at the park. Hmm. I'm just... I, I don't know if that's worth it. I don't think we're going to do that when we go. Are we? Do we want to? We're just going to walk there, and we're going to be like... <gasps> we're going to go out there, ah. we're going to ride the two rides, and we'll be like... I'm gonna One ride. One... The Yoshi. No, that's not here. It's only in Japan. Are you serious? It's just Mario Kart? It's not the... Yeah. Wow. Oh, man. <laughs> so it's just Mario Kart and the Toadstool Cafe. That's all there is. Basically. Pretty much. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Well, we still have the rest of the park when we go, right? <laughs> yeah. Dude, Waterworld. I'm so excited to take you guys on Waterworld. Yeah. To go to, to, go to see Waterworld with you guys. I love we gotta, it. We got to start planning that. Uh our big extravaganza. Milo's going to come with us for another show. Uh, yeah, he's going to be he's going to be cutting class for that. So I'm excited. Yeah. He's going to be way, hanging Milo, out if... with us. Yeah, I'll yeah. finally meet Milo in person. You'll finally. <laughs> he's meet him so in fun. I he's I, I fun. now like look we're publicly holding Milo to join us for this universal. Yeah, party. so we're Milo don't him out. on us. May, I don't I don't know if he was 100. percent I think he was. I think he was. Yeah, but I don't want to speak yeah. for him. But I hope you come, yeah. Milo. By the way, by the way, Milo, um, I I think like a little while ago, I tech like I not texted you. I sent you an Instagram DM about the Marcel the Shell figurine that you got from A twenty four, and uh, I bought one, and it's coming in a couple days because they were on back order for like months now. But my little, I'm gonna put my little Marcel the Shell figurine in my uh, on one of my plants. Yeah, there we go. Is Marcel Joey seeing A for you're... Brady right now? Without us? Doesn't that come out in February? Yeah, but there's a ladies' night screening. February remember? 3rd. No, there's if no, there's no. no way he's seeing without us. No, I'm going yeah, to be, gonna be pissed. I'll, I'll, I'll be mad at him if he does that. Don't take I'm him gonna, to Quantumania or something. I'm going <laughs> to be I'm, We're not taking him to Mario. <laughs> You're not a like, to you, That's what you get, sir. Maybe this was when you went South Boots. I don't know. Anyways, uh, hey guys. <laughs> Didn't see Didn't you see We're just hanging out. Yeah, we're just hanging out. Hey, we're just, you know, we're just hanging out. <laughs> Great. That was... I think we should start every podcast like that. That was fun. Um, that wasn't my idea, which means it was oh, a good idea. 
Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Of yeah, that was, that was Chris's idea, which I mean it was a good yeah. idea. Yeah. So, welcome back to Stacked Episode 102, everybody. Um, the second episode in the second season, or since season two, remember? Uh, if you listened to the last episode, you know we're going to be going over different rules, different uh, different format to the show here, but same to- relating movies to topics and talking about movies, you know? Um, but it's going to be more free-flowing. And that's actually... That's getting a lot better for this topic this week, you know? It's relaxed. It's free-flowing. We're just hanging out. It's hangout movies. Brandon, yeah. you were the one who also pitched this one. I keep uh, pitching good ideas for episodes, but not good ideas to open episodes. <laughs> I don't know. You've had some You've had some good ones to open episodes. You, uh... I feel like... Anyways, um, <laughs> why why hangout movies? I love hangout movies. Um, yeah, hangout movies are fun. I just well, tell me about them. Well, well, it's like January, right? People are wrapping up their breaks. They're hanging out with their friends and doing stuff like that. But I think January, because it's the beginning of the year, there's no like stress of like trying to figure out what to do for a certain holiday because the holiday season's over. And so, like, hangout movies are all about. The low stakes, chill vibes, people just having fun or enjoying their life. And like you getting to like take part in that. Like there's, I don't feel like we've talked about enough movies like that specifically about their hangout nature on the podcast. So I thought it was time that we highlight them. Um, I don't think necessarily that 80 for Brady constitutes one, but it could. <laughs> Wait, we never see it. We never know. We hey, never we're, know. We're going to be hanging out in that theater. We're going to have our feet kicked up. We're going to be just laughing at those old women who are thirsting over Tom Brady. We're just going to be hanging out. So that, I think that works. Um, yeah, I love hangout movies, or as I like to call them, uh, movies that are about nothing that are about everything. That's how I always feel like hangout movies are, you know? There's no there's no clear direction in where these characters are going, but just the process of these filmmakers having us exist with them and learning about them, uh, you know, how they see the world, how they see each other, uh, I think tells more than stories with a strict linear narrative, you know? Um so I'm gonna be I'm gonna be talking about some all timers here. Um, a lot of my favorite films are hangout movies. I realized. Um, so I'm excited to talk about it. Um, Chris, was this was this an easy uh, was this an easy topic for you to pull movies for, or uh, what, what was yeah, it like for you? Uh, it was pretty easy on my end. A lot of movies that I do like also fall under this, and you know because hangout movies is a pretty subjective concept to some extent, like. You could probably make some arguments for certain movies, but there are definitely some that are like very obviously a hangout movie, or to some extent is just a straight up hangout movie. Yeah. So, yeah, I I pulled a couple of ideas, um, and I'm excited to hear what you guys brought to the table today. Well, let's get to it. Let's start talking about these movies. Um, Brandon, since you since you thought I was talking, do you want to start with your first hangout movie? Just like let's get let's get this discussion rolling with a film, you know? Yeah. I will always mention this movie because it's the first one that comes to mind. It's from a director who only does hangout movies, basically. I'm doing Richard Linklater's Everybody Wants Everybody some. Wants Some. I figured you'd pick this one. And it's not because Ethan hates it because of how the dudes <laughs> acted the movie. It's genuinely because 
there's an aimlessness to these characters that is very endearing and it fits the idea of a college coming of age story dash uh, low stakes 80s comedy you know or the 70s comedy and i love that and it's just these guys listening to music getting high playing baseball going to parties chatting with girls socializing going to bars that's it and there is a deeper meaning i find in the film even though some other people might not find it but i mean <laughs> it's quintessential in like that that aspect how could you go without it i could go without it and here's why uh, oh, uh, jesus <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, this movie didn't speak to me when I saw it. I remember Brandon uh, spoke highly of it. And I, I I do like me some Richard Linklater, you know? Uh, I like, uh, uh, I like you know, I like it before, uh, what's the, Sunset? That's the second one. Yeah. Before, uh, before uh, Sunrise. It's a, it, that one's okay. Uh, but I love, uh, you know, I love Jack Black, School of Rock, you know? Uh, I think he's a... I think he's a cool dude. Um, so I went to go check out this movie, and I just, I just, I don't understand why Linklater depicted the characters that the characters that way because he makes them do obviously. Uh, now I ah, fuck we okay, we talk a lot about like oh, um, you should be able to like enjoy movies with protagonists whose morals and actions don't align with your own, right? That's something we often talk about. But I feel like what he what Linklater does in this film is not like what uh, I, maybe we'll bring up this movie. I don't know. Paul Thomas Anderson does in Licorice Pizza, you know, where those are that's a hangout movie, you know. That's a, here we can use that for a point of comparison. Where that those are characters who are obviously flawed people, you know. But there's never once where I feel like the director's like, ah, like, wasn't it great being like one of these people, you know, and like believing what they believe? I, I often felt like Linklater was like, he kept going back and forth and showing that they were bad people, but also like sort of like idolizing that. And I just found that weird. Um, well, I mean, as college students, like, I, I mean, I don't think I would have like idealize that but as like a teenager or college boy i feel like they would have that sort of like idolization of people who are older than them because they don't know where they're going and that's why everybody's so immature except for the one baseball player played by your favorite character in the movie Wyatt Russell. your favorite yeah wyatt russell you know he's his the best arc. part and he's yeah and he's great it. no he's in half of it barely and i think that's barely in half of it (laughs) but yeah i i i really like the movie i mean i get it because it's pretty raunchy but raunchy for the sake of you might not even like the comedy raunchy because it Mm -hmm. takes some swings but i don't think it's any worse than like link later's dazed and confused which is another classic that people talk about maybe i gotta check out that one because you know i haven't seen that one yet but everyone, you know, I feel like everyone says everybody wants them as the sequel to Days and Confused. And maybe if I see him, maybe I'll get a better understanding of that movie if I watch the other one. I don't know. But it didn't work for me. But it did introduce me to, I think, one of the best, 
Which is weird. This movie came out like in 2013, 2012. When did this movie come out? Wait, this came out in like 2017. Did it really? 2017? I thought it was older than that. Uh, Glenn Howard, right? He's a great, great up and coming actor. You know, uh, even though he's been, was he? He was in a Spy Kids movie, wasn't he? Um, maybe. Hmm. Maybe I don't think maybe. so. Anyways, he's he's an up and comer, and I I can't wait to see what he does. Um, yeah, I I think okay. It's a. I don't think it's a good movie. I think it's a good hangout movie though, because it does like what you said. How this movie is structured, I think it's structured very well. I just don't like the characters and how he depicts them. Um, but. I think, I think I'll, I'll carry on a, a very similar structure to the Hangout movie where um, I'll bring up a movie that doesn't really have that many consequences or anything like that. You know, it's a low stakes movie. Um, I'm going to talk about Jim Jarmusch's Patter- Patterson. Oh, great oh, choice! I don't even think choice. I wrote this down, but oh my God. I would. I mean, I get it. There is like literally nothing. Nothing that happens, happens in this movie. Yeah. Well, one one thing happens in this movie, and one it's devastating. Happens. And it's it is the most. De- but then it is like it is so therapeutic to see how Patterson handles that thing. You know, where he's just like he's a he gets upset. All right, we're gonna spoil Patterson. Patterson spoilers. Come on, Chris has ahead. seen it, right? Chris, you've yes, seen I Patterson. Okay, okay, we can talk about Patterson. Yeah. Um. Anyways. Patterson, he's a bus driver. He writes poetry. That's the movie. He has a lovely wife, a dog. Everyone likes him. There's no tension in the movie. He just writes poetry, drives the bus. Talks to people. Talks to people. Uh, There's uh, the guy from The Good Place is constantly, he has girlfriend problems, right? Yeah. Um, And he's Mm -hmm. constantly helping him out there. Um, And then one day he... He uses this journal, this book, for all of his poetry that he writes. And that's like, that is like the thing in his life that, like, is the object that matters the most to him, you know? Um, because that's how he's able to express himself and how he sees the world and everything, how he's experiencing and, uh, you know, journaling his day to day life through poetry. Um, his dog rips it to shreds, you know? And when I saw that, I was just like, no you know Uh, (laughs) it's crazy it's crazy how one little thing seemingly is just like massive tiny tiny thing is just it's that's like it 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 was like as devastating as the snap from infinity war (laughs) i was like no the poetry book damn it but then he's just like you know he's upset but then he's like it's just, it's just a dog that did it, you know, and he just he just moves on, and it's just like holy shit, like that's just that's the that's, that's just, the secret that's just of life. life. That's just life. That's just you life. just gotta you just gotta move on. I've only you know? seen this movie one time, and I Me think too. it was probably before I went like got a letterbox. But the fact that I still remember like the bus driving and him talking to his guests and talking about like what is like on his drives sitting in like foresty areas and helping people like you said helping that guy with his girlfriend uh and then talking to his girlfriend and not having like fights or anything but then 
what like i can remember all of that in the one climactic piece of hangout hell <laughs> i love it <laughs> i don't know yeah oh my god it's so good um but yeah that's that's what i want to talk about because i feel like it's very similar because i feel like there can be uh some ways hangout movies are structured differently and i feel like that one's pretty similar to everybody wants them you know where it's just like it is completely inconsequential throughout you know um chris do you have any other films that sort of follow this you know before we move on to different types of hangout movies I think, and I do, well, what what came to mind when you were talking about the um, the book where he writes poetry into, uh, and, like, the devastating moment when the dog tears it apart, um, I was thinking, like, okay, what are some other moments where, in movies, where, like, something so, in the grand scheme, pretty meaningless, but, like, it's so devastating in that moment because you know how meaningful it is to this person. Um, and this is also a hangout movie that I think we all watched together a few years ago. Um, no Bad Land. The China that that falls out. Oh, of the yeah. There we go. That hurts. <laughs> Another fantastic especially, hangout movie. I yeah, remember Jack was sleeping above because yeah. I was living with Jack at the time. He was sleeping, and then we went oh, and then we were all like, because we were like Jack. Jack <laughs> we didn't sleeping. want her to wake him up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah. I and like that scene also hurts doubly when you find out that um, that's actually Francis McDormand's like fine China. Like they brought it on set. Because they yeah. wanted to be like super authentic, and uh, yeah, that that and that was not planned. So I don't, yeah, I don't yeah, think they meant hurts. to break it. Yeah, but um, yeah, Nomadland's also just generally a really good hangout movie because I think it does a really good job of like because there's there's like that ambient kind of aimless quality to it that I think kind of is instilled across the board with these kinds of hangout movies, and I think Nomadland takes full advantage of that and uses it to lean into. It's social critique, um, and yeah, I think it's really great. Um, Brandon, you're a big fan of Nomadland. Yeah, I think it's Anything just, you want to add about this movie? I mean, out, as far as what we've talked about, it's gotten progressively more dramatic, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what sets Nomadland apart from a lot of the uh, hangout movies that are in the genre, per se, is because I think it tries to tell a story that is important like on the surface because Mm -hmm. patterson and everybody wants them about like normal people everyday life one's a coming of age story one's kind of a romance it's very romantic in its screenwriting um but yeah uh this this is like far more important on its surface because it's tackling class and labor in america and uh, the idea of traveling and manifest destiny and the American dream as a concept. And it's still great. But like you said, the stakes are still extremely low. And that doesn't mean like it's very relaxing, like Patterson and at times with everybody wants them. But that doesn't mean it can't still be a hangout movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, definitely. Because hangout movies, they don't have to be always relaxed. Yeah, no. hangout movies can be quite. Stressful. It can be quite stressful if you really yeah. if you really lean into it. Yeah. Sometimes when we hang out, it's very stressful. You know when <laughs> when Brandon starts going on his tirades about the Boss Baby franchise and Boss Baby Two is a very good movie. You need to watch it before you knock it. I, 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 I get scared. Boss Baby One is okay. 
but it's nothing like I great. get stressed and scared when Brandon talks about the Boss Baby movies. Alec Baldwin <laughs> I, gets I chew his on best my nails. performance. His best and last performance. <laughs> he goes to prison for life. <laughs> Only 18 months, actually, but that's Only crazy. 18 months? But Yeah. But that's oh, still crazy. Man. Anyway. It's, it's, anyway, yeah. Anyway. It's crazy movie. Um, Nomadland, uh, it, it's a lot different because I always feel like hangout movies are um, confined to a space and like or a town, you know? But this one is just like the open, you know, just like the open lands of America, something that we never really see before, you know, the pit stops along the road. Uh just along you know the highways and stuff like that and i think this was also i'm glad this won best picture for 2020 because i feel like this was like it came out at the perfect time you know yeah Um, it really did where we have all just been so like confined to you know our spaces because of quarantine and everything like that that um we see this movie and this person just being just like as free as someone can be, you know? Um, and it's, it's almost meditative, you know, how, uh, to, to watch that process that Frances McDormand character, her character goes through, you know? Um, very good movie. Very good. Um, I'm trying to think, let's see. Anyone else got something we could roll I can, off? I can, I can throw some. Yeah. I can throw something in there. Um, hmm. What could I throw in here? Well, we were talking earlier about um, how um, in, like, in Hangout movies, a lot of people immediately think, like, these movies have to be incredibly chill. And oftentimes they are. But that doesn't mean that you, you can't integrate tension or other genre uh, elements into the film to kind of maybe give it a little kick, a little more, I don't know, whatever it is you're looking for. Yeah. Um, and a movie that came to mind for me is um, Chungking Express, which we watched recently, Oof. Ethan. This is, a very, oh, this is very much a hangout movie. I got um, words to say about this movie. Yeah. I'll, I, I will save you uh, most of it, but I'll just quickly say uh, Chungking Express is a wonderful hangout movie. I think it does a really good job of kind of showing you the beauty of the everyday in, in a sense. And like it it goes about showing um, these very ordinary things in this very, like, almost, like, mystical, larger-than-life kind of aesthetic, and it has this kind of vividness to it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's almost like romanticizing the time, which, um, you know, I think is really cool for uh, a movie from 1994. Um, yeah, I think there's just... And, like, oh, there's just so much to say about this movie. Um, but Ethan, I'll I'll let you I'll let you do the do the heavy lifting because I've talked about this movie a few yeah. times before. Well, this movie is very very important uh, in terms of I I feel like it's now very important for me um, in terms of just like seeing how I've grown as uh, how I've grown as a person who views art and views you know how my palette has grown because. The first time uh, I watched this, I don't know if this was your guys' first time. Was this your first time? Nope. No, definitely not. <laughs> this was like, that, was, that, was, that was like my fourth time. Oh, really? Brandon, was this your first yeah. time seeing Chunking? Was Film Aesthetics? Yeah. Um, 
We watched it in the Felino Theater my freshman year. It was the my very first semester at Chapman. We watched this movie. And bear in mind, my my favorite films going into Chapman, like Ant-Man, uh, I mean, most of them were the same, but, you know, I... <laughs> just Ant-Man. Just Ant-Man. No, Ant-Man the Thing, Big Lebowski, Muppet Movie, uh... Anyways, that, that that that's nothing to do with my point. I don't even know why I brought my favorite movies. I'm just just my palette was not, you know, as grand as it was now. I didn't know how to talk about movies back then. So when I saw Chunking Express for the first time, I I didn't I didn't get it at all. I was so confused what was going on. I was like, eh, why the why is the frame rate so dumb? Why is it doing that? And then why is it two different stories? Why did the story just stop and go to another one? That one's not gonna get resolved. Uh, why do they keep playing California Dreamin' all the time, you know? And I I gave it two and a half stars when I first watched it. And I, boy, howdy, do I want to go back in time and, like, pick myself up by the collar and just be like, what was wrong with you? Because Chris showed it to me again uh, in December, and it, like, I, it changed everything. It changed everything of how, like, I, how I view movies as like pieces of a per like pieces like pieces of a person's soul and how they like view like just their just even their surroundings how they view their surroundings time um i could just it's one of those movies where i can feel a like a living breathing soul behind the camera at every single moment every single frame in that film i can feel I can like see Wong Kar Wai, you know. I can see him, and it's just it's such an inspiring movie about using what you have to make a film, using the space, you know, to create this really beautiful story about you know, uh, it follows two people who are like very lost when it comes to love, you know, um, and it, it just goes through like how they try to grapple with that in their daily life and. It it looks so beautiful. Um, I still can't get over Chris the you telling me the detail about the shots when everything's going really fast around them, but they're going slow. How they feel? Oh that. yeah, they they just yeah, got Tony Luring to just like sip that coffee like insanely Real, slow. Yeah, over like the course of an hour down the shutter speed. Yeah, <laughs> and double the frames. Yeah, it's oh my God. it's this weird process called step printing. I think. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah, it's a whole thing. But uh, yeah, that's a cool. It's such a cool effect. And also knowing that he took a break from was it the Grandmaster to do this movie? Ashes, uh, no, Ashes of Time. Ashes of Time. Okay, because Get he was right. <laughs> okay, hostile. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I got it wrong. Sorry. Um, just to like reinvigorate, like his creative juices and i felt like that was the same thing to me like when i watched the movie my creative fluids were reinvigorated you know yeah um <laughs> brandon doesn't like that my fluids are reinvigorated More creative, <laughs> frankly quite frankly yeah. brandon I, I am i am i would love to hear what you think about this movie now i like the movie I yeah. mean, like, for me, I, I always got the sense of it's like this two stories that are very similar about people longing for something more. And the aesthetics, which are this the 
high and slower frame rates indicate that their personal feelings you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. because it's like in in the time where everything around them is going so fast it's like brief sh- snapshots are like recorded like a piece of memory now i haven't seen after sun but i've heard after sun does something similar with video in that regard Am I not wrong? as well, in my opinion. But, not as know. well, like Chris's not opinion. Near, not in my opinion as well. Not nearly as well. We- but I'm just saying, in terms of what it's intended to do, it's yeah. it's doing that. And I, I I like the movie. I prefer one of the storylines over the other. I know they coexist thematically, and I would love to give all of Wong Kar Wai's movies a watch and or rewatch, just to get some fresh eyes because I think. In addition to like getting myself to four thousand films this year total, uh, I want to do some deep rewatches on some of my favorite movies that I haven't watched in like half a decade to a decade. Because mm-hmm. I feel like the past few years I've prioritized watching new things, and I'm going to watch new things. <laughs> this but month yeah. has been very rewatch heavy for you, Mister. Yeah, yeah. They call you Mister Rewatch now. I, I never but... thought I'd see the day. Yeah. But... Ethan and I would get on each other about rewatching stuff, but <laughs> used anyway, to, you used to you used to yell at me. You used to hit me, yell at me. You'd feed me pennies. <laughs> you'd put me in a cage. Um, but you liked it in a cooler. In the but trunk. you liked it. It doesn't matter if liked I liked it. it or not. It just matters that you did that. <laughs> <laughs> but for, like, for the record, I did not. That no, no, that happened. That nor would happened, I. Yeah. Nor would I like that. Okay, I just want to put the record out for anybody. Because sometimes our jokes can be misconstrued. Isn't it crazy how you guys are like the only people on Earth, it seems, who don't like After Sun as much as like everyone else? I know it's, it's weird. It's I so crazy. Kind of weird, yeah. yeah, I haven't seen it, so like I can't speak on everyone's like, saying the quality. it's best of the year. And when Chris and I saw it, we we're just like, okay, okay, it was fine. <laughs> <All> yeah. <right>. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing's happening to me with Puss in Boots right now. Everyone is loving well, that movie. That movie no, has a four point three on Letterbox. Chris and I are. I think we're you in the like like camp. I thought we like the movie. It. We like it. We don't love it. There's yeah. the A plot is amazing. The B plot yeah, is stereotypical, and then the C plot is like really. Oh, I like, I couldn't st- I couldn't stand those the, the three bears. I was like, if I if I hear another three bears pun, I'm gonna like I'm gonna start taking my car key and start shredding sheet like this leather seats in the theater. I'm gonna start keying the seats <laughs> if I start hearing this one's two, this one's two, this one's just right. I was like, we get it. You're the three bears, <laughs> all right. And I get like and just like the way their story ends was just like I I was get waiting it. for it for the very first time they introduced him. You know? Yeah, like, me too. All right. Yeah, and like the and the secondary dog, villain is stupid. Jack Horner. So yeah, I I did not like that little dog. I thought he he's was awful. fine, but it's like so predictable that it's four kids. You know, that's the yeah. what's gonna the kids are watching it for. <laughs> Puss in Boots is not a hangout movie. Uh, it's not. There's a clear it. MacGuffin and a goal they have to go to. So let's stop talking. About it. Um, Brandon, talk about another hangout movie. Okay here's an experimental one i don't think i've brought it up on the pod because you know i could say that a lot of early wong kar wai is pretty experimental in its style i'm picking a 2020 movie that neither of you guys has seen from carlos lopez estrada you know who he is yeah summertime i'm picking summertime summertime yeah have i I mentioned this on the pod 
I don't. I don't. Maybe? I don't know. Is it a um, documentary? Is it a documentary? No. Did you not no. talk about it for docs? No, Did you talk about not. it for the best of the year of 2020? I might have mentioned it, but it's been a while. It's been Isn't enough. Isn't it crazy that we we've been doing this show since 2020? We're in our third it's, year stacked. That's crazy. Two and a half yeah. years. We're hitting three years in like six months. Anyway, yeah. Um, Hollywood, no. <laughs> Hollywood, <laughs> Hollywood, Hollywood. Uh, <laughs> 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 Hollywood. Wait, no, 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 no. <laughs> sorry. Uh, wait, wait. Sorry, that was a. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> sorry. Can uh, I ask where that was going? <laughs> I was so Hollywood. Like, there, I read Hollywood. another. Guys, I'm writing notes for this season. And, oh. I, I, oh. and now you're stumbling over your notes yeah exactly so this is why i don't write notes because i get tripped up um but summertime is this story uh of multiple people you love anthology stories right guys like stories oh, yeah wait, like chunky express is very much an anthology it's, story. An, it's an anthology yeah yeah it's just well two. it's fallen the angels is technically it's third right it's a portrait of a location as much as it's the portrait of the people inside the film. It, the filmmaker, Carlos Lopez Estrada, gathers a bunch of poets, not actors, poets, and essentially has them uh, rehearse their poetry in between actual scenes of dialogue as it relates to a plot as they go through the city of L.A. during one day of the year. Uh, so Do they go to Hollywood? Yeah, they do go to Hollywood. They go to Hollywood. <laughs> they go to Hollywood. And there you go. I see. I helped I, you out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and it's extremely satisfying to see all these people hanging out in their everyday lives. There's no plot. You know, it doesn't really follow a thorough line in terms of what it's trying to say about any particular story. Like each of the stories is essentially leading up to seize the day but there's no thorough line in connecting the characters it just sort of happens that some of them come together at the end of the night during a raid on a fast food restaurant that's all i'm gonna say mm-hmm. um can you but tell me which fast food restaurant it is it's like an omega burger type place is it jack in the box oh damn no <laughs> <laughs> nice try how dare you (laughs) (laughs) keep interrupting you keep talking but it's it's a very cathartic movie that is done in such a unique way and still captures this hangout aesthetic because it's just people walking around talking saying poetry singing in some cases having a vivid imagination so it's like the stuff that dreams are made honestly and i say this not very lightly, and I hope it gets Ethan to actually want to watch this movie. I think it's a more modern version of Akira Kurosawa's Dreams. Whoa. <laughs> Speaking of that, did you know they remade Ikaru? Yeah, <laughs> with Bill Nye. Yeah. I had no idea that was a remake of Ikaru. <laughs> yeah, I knew. I knew. Because it translates. To, to- live. Oh. <laughs> I don't, I don't know Japanese. I don't know that. <laughs> My dad saw it. He said it was really good. Saw it in New yeah. York. Anyways. I've heard it's actually a good remake of a foreign film. But anyways, how does that sound, folks? Well, that sounds pretty good, Brandon. You've you certainly hooked, line, and sinkered me there. Um, I love I love Los Angeles, and to see how people 
Chris is like, do you though? I mean, the Valley only, bro. LA sucks. Um, yeah. Don't LA's... do your Rick and Morty voice this week in the podcast. No, for some reason my voice is raspy. Probably because I I I ran seven miles per hour at the gym today, as you as opposed to my five, and that kind of fucked of, me up. Of all weeks to be doing that this week. Sorry, sorry. So I'm I'm just sipping water. There, I feel good. My throat is cleared. Um, I'm not doing my Rick and Morty impression. Though, if, if they do want to hire a new Rick and Morty, it could be me. I could be the new Rick and Morty. Um, but I don't love LA. I love Valley. You're right. But I, I don't know. I think it's kind of cool. I like where I live. Hollywood, baby. Hollywood, I baby. mean, it, it takes place all over, like, <laughs> Hollywood and LA. Chris. Does it take place in La Palma? No. So Cerritos. <laughs> I said LA and Hollywood. Los <laughs> Angeles County is Cerritos. <laughs> really? I think Cerritos is I think that's the I think La Palma is literally the border. I think La Palma is in Orange and then Cerritos is in LA County. That's crazy. Yeah, right. I'm super far away. I'm a county away from y'all. Yeah. Catch up. But <laughs> but but yeah, I mean it's it's a very yeah. I was gonna say the same thing. Uh, but I I don't know, Chris. Do you have any uh input thoughts? You like Carlos Lopez Estrada, except for Ryan yes. the Last Dragon. Yeah, Ryan the Last Dragon sucks. But I honestly don't even really believe that he directed that. Um, Blind Spotting is fantastic. I'll give I'll give him that. Oh, yeah. Um, as far as I mean, I don't know anything much about Summertime, but. That the concept itself does sound really unique and really neat. I do like the idea. It's just like when it comes down to like stuff like that, where um, you're maybe doing something a little "quote unquote" experimental, it it can easily go awry because experimental stuff just sometimes just doesn't work for me. But sometimes it really does, and um, I like the idea of poetry being used to kind of convey the essence and like heart of a city. As much as I shit on LA, like. <laughs> you know, it's got stuff. It's got some stuff. Um, I'm yeah, with you, and like, man. yeah. Um, I think. Well, let me think. Like, what's? I'm trying to think. Is it? I, mean, I don't. I don't know if I can compare it to any movie that I've seen. Yeah, it, I'm trying to think. Like, do I know anything that's even remotely similar? It flows In extremely way, well. Like extremely well. Because that's Which, my main concern. That like. There's like an there would be like an abruptness between the poetry and the actual narrative. Well, it's like this, right? They're all like little short stories being told, but the characters come back around, which is something that I think could be seen in like an ensemble piece, like one of the shittier ensemble pieces out there, like a New Year's Day or something, New Year's Eve or whatever it was called, Valentine's Day. Those have, movies. Have you but seen? Also, sorry, go ahead. Have you seen Perry Jatem? Is it like that? No, I haven't. It, cause oh, it, I've seen that. The, about Paris? I've seen as, parts of that. Yeah. Because um, that, that, that's literally just a bunch of filmmakers made short stories taking place in Paris. Is it kind of like that? It's similar, but here's the difference. It's, there is no, you know how there's like cuts between stories to let you know what stories are like separated right yeah. it's it's in this it's like somebody walks by and instead of the camera sticking on the characters that you're with it transfers over like fluidly to the next story 
so it's like two people crash like a uh, their uh, skateboards into each other they're like hey watch where you're going man or something like that or these two people are walking out after doing their poetry thing of a therapy session and there's like a guy spray painting on the wall and it's a conversation with him and a police officer and it like flows like that as a film and yes there are cuts but it doesn't have to sequence them with like inner titles or cards that indicate okay we're in a new story now and then at the end of the in the, at the end of the day, it like becomes much more of a a normal film as these some of the stories, not all of them, coalesce until one sort of sees the day sort of thing, which I, I really adored when I watched it, and I hope I get to watch it with you when you guys uh, dig into it. Yeah. I own it. I own one of the few Blu-ray copies out there. Really? Is it like it's yes. out of print? Very it's pretty print. rare because it's. It was an in you know indie movies are becoming harder and harder to find on physical media. Oh yeah. Because studios see no need in investing them and unless they're like big labels like Neon or A24 that can be picked up by Criterion. Yeah. You know, it's not going to be found. So that's Yeah. Ugh. And then when they when they are found they're like 40 bucks, you know. But I got it for 20. <laughs> oh, I have a movie to throw in here that might bridge nicely with uh, with that film. Let's okay. do it. Okay, this is also a favorite of yours, Brandon. Uh, we've all seen this, I believe, and yeah, uh, I think we all really like this movie. You were talking about poetry uh, and relation and relation to the narrative. I'm going to do documentary interviews with uh, with narrative. You guys remember the movie Come On, Come On? Oh fuck yeah! Come on, Absolutely. man. Let's go. Come on, come man. on, come Let's on, go. come on, come on. It's um, like my tagged. It's like my pinned letterbox review at the moment. Yeah. Go like, please. Um, but yeah, come on, come on is this wonderful movie. It tells the story of um, I already I don't even remember the characters' names, but I like an uncle and his nephew as they kind of navigate life together because the nephew's mom is uh, dealing with a family related thing. Um, and it's kind of the story of them like going about their daily day-to-day lives and kind of learning from one another. Um, one of the fun things about this movie that and I mentioned like these doc kind of interviews, um, uh, Joaquin Phoenix's character is like a how do I NPR like, a, like, yeah, a like Nash- an NPR kind of, like like a yeah. radio kind of guy. I don't I don't even know how to describe it. He's a podcaster. He goes, yeah, I guess a podcaster. He's like us. Wait. Wait. Is this movie Joaquin? about us? And joining the show, Joaquin Phoenix, everybody. Everybody just yells and screams at each other. Yeah. Nobody's civil anymore. <laughs> Nobody thinks what it's like to be the other guy. <laughs> I'm with you, man. You think men like Thomas Wayne ever think what it's like to be someone like me? Maybe. To be somebody but themselves, they don't. Uh-huh. They think that we'll just sit there and take it like good little boys. <laughs> and we won't werewolf and go wild. Um, but yeah, the, so in the film, he goes over, he goes about um, interviewing kids about like how they feel about the world, what are their ambitions, what are their things they dislike, what are the things they like. It, it can be it's a pretty broad spectrum of topics that these kids cover, but on, on some level, everything that goes on in this film, like the ambience of Joaquin and his nephew want like wandering the streets of New York and discovering you know, new things about themselves and one another, it's all felt very organically. And the stuff that happens in relation to the interviews 
feeds really nicely thematically into what goes on into the characters' lives, at least the way I understood it. Um, and yeah, this is just a this is a pretty gorgeous film. Like honestly, I think this movie is gonna climb really high. This when this movie come twenty was this a twenty one film? Twenty two. Yeah. Twenty one. Yeah. This, this movie is probably gonna climb. Like What's nine plus ten? Um, over the years. Twenty one. So, you stupid. Thumbs up for me for this one. You guys got anything you want to throw in for? Come on, come on. I, yeah, I just thought it was a pleasant movie. Um, I think you said it's about as much as I could say. You know, I thought it was. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't love, 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 love it as much as you two. I thought it was just a great movie, you know? Um, I think the thing I was the most impressed by is we always talk about this one. I think we talked about it last episode when we were talking about child actors. Um, Woody Norman is... Yeah, that kid's amazing. He is is phenomenal. When's he doing something next, you know? Like, that just felt like a a normal-ass kid, you know? Yeah. Um, And he's British. He's British? He's British. Oh, that's that, even better. That, He's even that better. That just makes it even better. Yeah, because you oh couldn't tell. Oh my god! You, I didn't even know. I thought it was. I thought it was just some random kid they pulled from New York. You know, <laughs> or no? He, he pull, lived in LA. They, no, they pulled him out of a, a, a like a sewage pipe and yeah, in, in right LA. out of the Bronx. <laughs> <laughs> he said, "We found this kid. He was going to be in the movie." <laughs> He's like, "Have you seen movie?" He says, "Movie, yes." And then they go, "Movie." Hello, I'm the kid from Come On, Come On, Come On, Come On. Anyways, uh, yeah, that's all I gotta say. Anything else you want to add, Brandon? I mean, Brandon? like, I love this movie. Um, it's definitely a. It is like mixing the documentary format in, which I feel like rarely gets touched on. Like, I feel like certain movies try to do it. Like she said, tries to do it a lot. Mm-hmm. And Adam McKay movies try to do it a lot with uh, stock footage or like intercuts with like celebrities talking to the camera that are playing like real life people or real life people uh just like explaining concepts yeah but here it's like you can't you can't tell the difference between what's real and what's not you know uh in terms of what cinema and i would i would say it is probably real based on meek mills and his inspirations probably but if in that sense it feels like a kurostami movie yeah it's like close oh. up in a weird way yeah oh. where it's speaking where, of where, yeah, I, uh, or a moment of innocence too, because there's a movie called A Moment of Innocence that's from it's I think it's an Iranian movie. Uh, it's not from Kurostami, but it does the very similar thing in which it takes actors, um, and then non-actors and blends them together, so that the audience has a hard time grappling what's real and what's not. The only thing that they know for sure is that the main character's storyline is in fact a storyline in this movie. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's terrific. Uh, I, I love this movie. I think the, the way they, it, it just, it deeply ingrains you in reality when it doesn't try to tell a story and it tries to evoke a vibe. Yeah. And these two uh, beings, these people are hanging out. Is this a being movie? <laughs> Yes. A human being, yeah. <laughs> yes, they are beings. <laughs> they are entities. Yeah, but they're like together and they're always hanging out, doing things, getting to know each other better. It's almost like a father-son relationship as it unfolds and a much necessary one for both to have mm-hmm. journey-wise. Uh, it is heavier on narrative, but I think the documentary muddles things up in a way that is 
unique and fresh. Works for me. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right, I want to I want to share some films here because I've only shared one so far. Um, no. No. All right. Go ahead. <laughs> um, okay, I'm going to talk about one that is. I mean, these next two are like very near and dear to my heart. Um, I think I'm, I, maybe I'll I'll just talk about two more. Uh, I got a bunch of others. I'll shut them out at the end. Um, but the next one I want to talk about is. Oh boy! I just I just rewatched it. Um, it it was a movie. I always thought it was a perfect movie, but when I, just this one rewatch that I just did, like unlocked it to be like I think I it jumped up to number seven of all time, and that is Sofia Coppola's Lost in Translation. Um, mm. it is. Mm. I, I I won't talk too much about it because Chris hasn't seen it. And I think you'll adore this movie. Um. All you gotta know is uh, Bill Murray plays this um, aged Hollywood actor. Like he used to be a big action star, and he's now just on. Uh, he's at the like towards the end of his career, where he's just now you know he's just doing sponsorships. He's just coming on like talk shows and stuff like that, you know. And he gets a deal uh, for this whiskey in Japan. Um, and so he's just he's doing photo shoots, commercial shoots in Japan, and then it it balances that with Scarlett Johansson's character, who is just like this this young woman who who married young to this photographer who has a job in Japan, and she's sort of just she's feeling lost too because uh, she doesn't really know what she wants to do with her life. You know, she's just following around this guy who doesn't give her as much attention. You know, because he's always so busy and he's kind of like. He's kind of a hustler, you know, and it's sort of these two people who are, uh, it's, it's sort of capturing, uh, the two biggest times in our life when we're lost, which is, uh, the moment we're just about to come into adulthood and then the time when we're like in our midlife crisis, you know, and Sofia Coppola sort of has these two characters, uh, you know, just <coughs> explore uh, Tokyo and, you know, uh, just every facet. And it's just like, it. it's, I have never seen a movie, a hangout movie that felt more like a hangout movie. There's a scene where they go and she, uh, Scarlett Johansson has some friends in Japan and, you know, Bill Murray comes with her and they go and just, they just, they hang out. They're literally on the couch hanging out. And it literally just, it felt like documentary to me. It feels like documentary. And it's just such a special movie because I feel like now more than ever, like I'm at that that point (coughs) in my life where I'm in Scarlett Johansson's shoes where I'm just like, what am am I going to do? You know, what's going on? I'm lost, you know? And the movie is just so, it's so relaxing. It has the, one of the greatest soundtracks of all time. I've, I have been nonstop listening to it since I rewatched this film, and I'm probably gonna keep listening to it till for the rest of my life. Um, okay. Yeah, it's true. I will. I actually, fun fact, I have been listening to the soundtrack my whole life, and I didn't even know it. My dad is a big fan of this movie, and he is a big fan of the soundtrack, and he'd always play it for me. And um, I just, I just thought it was just like just an album, you know, it's just music. And then I watched this movie. And I was like, wait, why do I know every song in this movie, <laughs> you know? Um, 
It's great. Uh, Chris, I think you really got to yeah. see it because it's, it's about, it's about yearning for what's, what to do next in life, you know? And mm. it's a more relaxed bird man without the element of like coming back. He doesn't need to come back. That's not the point. He doesn't need to come back. He's just like, you know, because he has a wife and kids, he's like, I'm, but I'm away from them. And it's just like, uh, am I at the talents of this marriage too? Because he's like, it used to be really fun and I don't know what to do now, you know? Um, and then of course it just takes place in the most beautiful city in the world, Tokyo with all of its, you know, then <laughs> oh chris is like no chris is like uh-uh. no. uh the valley no i'm just kidding <laughs> he's still he's still going on the valley no i know what you're talking about he's like the boys the valley boys is there a rivalry between hong kong and tokyo between it's over which city is more best neon, neon and city. unfortunately tokyo's and unfortunately i think tokyo wins now it wins yeah because they're all oh, they're taking because hong kong's taking its shit down which is so makes me so mad. l uh pollution yeah. big l uh, I did have a question. I have a movie I want to ask you guys about. I have not seen this movie, but it seems like a hangout movie, but in a very specific kind of way. Yeah. You guys both saw this movie, I believe. I want to hear if this movie is a hangout movie. Do you guys remember seeing, I think earlier this year, last year, Memoria? <laughs> I mean, is that kind of a hangout movie in a way? It sounds like it. Kind no, of? Be- I, I would say no, because there uh, there is a goal that Tilda Swinton's character is striving towards. She is but trying does she to know uncover- it? What? But does she know? Yes, because she's trying to find what what made that sound. So Tilda Swinton hears this insane, weird sound in the night, and she spends the whole movie like haunted by the sound and trying to figure out what that sound is. And that's, I like, can't believe I guessed what the sound was. Right? I can't either. That's kind of weird. And I feel like you cheated and read like a Wikipedia or something. I did I not. Don't believe I you. swear to. God, I don't know I how. I don't know how. There was like there was. It, they didn't give they gave nothing there was like no clues that it could have been that you were you just like oh it's this you're no, like, like i was like i was like in my head you know i was at the frida cinema i was sitting there with three other people i was i was like sitting there and about like 20 minutes in i'm putting together pieces and theories in my head of what this noise can be and what i've seen and what's peculiar and i said you know what's peculiar this thing <laughs> and i think that's what it might be and when it gets to the third act there not was... even the third act it was just like the last five minutes of the movie i was like it's mm. either one of two things and i don't think it's the second thing and it was the second thing but i predicted it earlier in the movie yeah and i was just like this is incredible <laughs> this is incredible pat, pat yourself on the back I um did many a time yeah okay does anyone brandon do you want to shout out a third uh let's because chris has talked about three uh yeah let's go one more from me and you brandon so you go one more um i feel like what what have we done so far we did everybody wants some what was your first one ethan uh patterson chunk okay I don't think we've talked enough about. I know no Madland was discussed, but I don't think we've talked about the element of road trips enough. In our um, road trip, uh, specifically tailored to get from point A to point B, or just to go, 
somewhere to do something. That is a goal that a movie has in mind. But I think consequently, as a result of that goal, it's about the journey, not the destination. Uh-huh. So I'm going to choose a movie that I just rewatched today. I'm choosing Itumama Tambien. Hey, good movie. That is a that is a hangout movie. They're doing a because bit of hanging, hanging out movie. though. I gotta say that's they're not, they're 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 not just hanging out. You know? They're letting it hang out. Oh yeah. Oh, maybe it is a hangout movie. <laughs> Damn. All right. I'm picking. Um. I'm picking. This is the end for my last movie. Oh, Brandon about to let it hang out. What the? Oh my god. <laughs> I'm going to begin this is the end because the giant demon lets it hang out, you know? Uh, that was on my list. That was on my short list. Um, it actually is a hangout mo- movie. But it is kind anyways, of a hangout movie, yeah. it, For the other reason that we were talking about, but talk about Ijumama Champion. It, well, it was either between this and Easy Rider, a, a 60s movie that sort of does the same thing on a different scale. One's an uh, American movie about patriotism, about taking li- literal trips uh, and uh, metaphorical ones. Uh, but this one is more so about sexual exploration, class, um, somebody seizing life. And I, I feel like hangout movies are the best at doing that because it's like just these characters talking and explaining their philosophies behind life while also uncovering deep-seated secrets and insecurities and jealousies about each other and societally. While in the background, there's this whole story going on um much like in searching on the side of the the screen when there's the alien subplot you know it, it means little to anything but it's fun but in itumama tambien it, it, the political stuff means little to the overarching plot other than it relating its characters uh class-wise to how mexico is evolving at the time uh and is more so about i think establishing a tone and a place and a location to juxtapose Mm -hmm. and uh, just juxtapose the relaxed nature of this road trip with the more uh dramatic and ugly undertones that are happening with the political revolution it's kind of like how roma does it corona's later roma does it although that's more overt right Um, definitely and so Itumama Tambien is great at doing all those things. And it's laid back. It's about these friends reconnecting and then disconnecting over time. And that's super sad. But it's kind of what life is. Sometimes you're friends with people forever. From when you're born to when you die. When you meet them in high school to when you meet them in college. But sometimes those friendships just dissipate. Because of something that happens yeah. or whatnot. Or just naturally. yeah, Or just naturally just you stop talking. And... That this movie beautifully captures that over just them hanging out, had, taking a trip to a beach that they that may or may not exist, and I, I love it. I, I I just I remember loving this movie a lot when I saw it for the first time in the Felino. This is my first time watching it since, and I got to tell you, like I think even from a my more mature brain that can analyze the background story more and knows a little bit more of the history, I I liked it even more. And that that's saying something from a film that's in my top ten. Yeah, I. Yeah. It's always so satisfying when um, one of your all time favorites when you rewatch it and you just unlock even more to it, you know? Because you're like, yeah, I thought our because that's what that's how I felt with Lost in Translation. I was like, I thought our, there was everything like to feel from this movie, you know? But now I'm feeling more because I'm older, you know? Oh, right. You evolve with the movies. The movies, exactly. yeah. Also, like you may like a movie for. A few different reasons 
Like, you may have liked the banter in Itumama Tambien, but maybe it's the messaging that sticks with you on this time around. Yeah, definitely. I gotta rewatch this film so bad. I, I, this was the movie, I think, when did we watch this? Was it? Was film it history. analysis? It was film history. history. May 8th, 2018. I got it because that's the only time I've ever watched it was our film history because we were talking about Mexican cinema. Um, I think that was the t- the first time I was introduced to Gail Garcia Bernal and Diego Luna. Uh, no, because, well, I, I saw Coco. and But you Garcia. didn't know that was I didn't Gail know Garcia. Them. I didn't know it was him. But, and I saw uh, Rogue One. I didn't know, mm. you know, I didn't really know who they were. But now, once I saw this movie, I'm like, I understand why these are, like, some of the greatest actors ever lived. Because there's such a good duo in this movie. Oh, my God. What a... F- You're right, Brandon. Like, what a friendship. What a bond that they have. And how it it's so complex, how it evolves, you know, from the very, from the very beginning to the end. And, you know, the, the relationship with Mary Belle Verdu and how, like that dynamic and and her story about like what she needs to do with like her goals you know and it it is a beautiful movie about um it it you know it, you're right there's a lot of political stuff that goes on you know and that's sort of what we viewed the film through um when we were looking at mexican cinema in the class you know but it's also just like uh a movie about the human condition you know what i mean because to it, live to live to live and and to love to eat pray love you know no, no. <laughs> is that a hangout movie i've never seen it <laughs> probably probably guys i know i've we're never seen tonight. eat pray love <laughs> no no we're not why not <laughs> no. anyways not great great movie chris what do you think dude yeah yeah, I remember when we first saw this movie. I've only seen this movie the one time. It was a movie that, like, I think um, I definitely really loved. I loved, like, the authenticity that comes out through the characters. I think there's something very tangible about that, about their dynamics, as well as just the way the film is presented. Um, I think a lot of people, when they first see this movie, they immediately are like, ah, sex, ah, you know, and, like, <laughs> they laugh at, like, the, uh, they laugh at, like, the um, the pool scene, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. But, it's like, short, but. Yeah. And like I don't know, I've, it's it's like one of those things. Where it's like I like I I don't mind like 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 I when <laughs> I when don't that mind laughter sex. happens. No, I don't mind. I don't mind sex, but uh, <laughs> um, but when like in that scene, like I I remember like when we were watching that movie, I remembered like getting the vibe in the theater in the Felino theater at Dodge that like half the people were like into it and really getting into the characters and the story at hand. But the other half were just kind of like, ah, sex road trip movie. You know what I mean? It's kind of like how I imagine people felt about, like, let's say, I mean, Chunking, for example. I mean, um, it is about that, but, like, that's not the, like, I mean, I think as a freshman in college with all these other probably. college freshmen, that's probably what a lot of people gleaned. And yeah, I, yeah. I gleaned a lot of that, too. And it yeah, wasn't until true. our class on Mexican cinema that we like discussed the film after that i kind of picked up on more of the undercurrents and then mm-hmm. this time around i picked up on more of the storylines and like with meridel verdu's character and how that wrapped up but also like her the point of her character and why she's on this trip with them 
yeah rather than being just this like conquest for them it's like she has like a beautiful arc and the the boys arc wraps up i love it i don't want to spoil it but it's so ambiguous and because they the corone leaves it in such an authentically interesting and weird place that you're questioning a their sexualities b their connection and closeness and why it changed and why the backdrop of this was the case and why as teenagers you grow out of friends and grow into others i don't know man it's crazy oh good good movie all right we're going over an hour here so let me we talked about this movie to death so let me just bring it up. This, I I feel like it's the ultimate hangout movie. It's the Big Lebowski. Yeah, I, I, I figured. I figured someone else gonna say it. Go go. It is, if you, and it is. If you want to just <sighs> go into in depth on this, go listen to the after hours that Chris and I did together. We 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 spend like half an hour on that movie. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know. I heard it. Yeah. Okay. And I'm ta- I'm talking to the listeners <laughs> though. Um, go check that out. I just want- <laughs> I'll recommend it. Do you want to defend yourself? All right, Mr. Pizza Maker, while you were making the movie or watching the movie, you weren't making the movie. You didn't make this movie. I was in, I made this. <laughs> you made this movie and you don't even like it. What's so, wrong with you? Is that you? It's a very dude philosophy. <laughs> I was intoxicated and that that was part of it. I think you should watch it with Evelyn. I bet she'll like it. And then you'll feel really bad like about it, yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Uh, before we before we wrap it up here, do you mind if I throw in some quick honorable mentions? Because I have my list. What are you doing? <laughs> Hold on, Brandon's I making a ruckus. I apologize to all the listeners. Brandon's slamming the table and hitting glasses. He's throwing a little <laughs> tantrum. All right, let's do honorable mentions. I got some too. Chris, cool. do you want to shout some out? Cool. Yeah, I have two. Um, well, I have four, but um, two of them are like more like depressing hangout movies. Um, oh. Which are "Taste of Ch- Taste of Cherry" by Abbas Kiarostami oh, and "Clear oh Clear from Five to Seven by uh, Agnes Varda. Okay, those movies are really sad. Um, yeah. And then uh, I w- I'm surprised none of us mentioned this: a Studio Ghibli movie. I w- I want to throw in Kiki's Delivery Service. Well, I was going to talk. That's about a better Tor- one. I was going to talk about Totoro for mine. Um, Totoro is good too. Yeah, Kiki's I'm is like I have a whole Totoro. video essay on that. You can watch that. Um, yeah. Um, the last one I'll throw in is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That's a very fun movie. Yeah, that that was another honorable mention for me. Um, I'm gonna do yeah, Totoro, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I got a shout out the great, according to uh, Sight and Sound, the greatest film of all time, Jean Dielman. She's hanging out, you know. <laughs> That's a hangout. <laughs> one could say. <laughs> one could say, you know, she's chilling. She's hanging out. Um, I doing would say, a lot though. I think Wet Hot American Summer is a hangout movie. Because you know that's just them doing their, their last, last day days, of camp. Last day of camp, you know. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Uh, maybe I'll think of more. Brand, you want to shout out some? Yeah, uh, Wayne's World, big hangout movie. Uh, I've never seen Wayne's World. Me neither. Very fun. What? Yeah. Oh my goodness! Very fun hangout movie. <laughs> uh, Three thousand years of longing is a hangout movie. Think about it. Think about it, Ethan. They're telling stories the whole movie. I uh, guess so. Harold and Kumar, I guess. <laughs> they have... Uh, the Guantanamo Bay one? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nashville. Robert Altman's Nashville. Yeah. Shut up. Yeah. You just don't like country. Yeah. Uh, Easy Rider. 
think the before movies i i any link later could work honestly yeah. like literally any link later i've seen except for school work. of rock i don't know i don't know if that's a hangout movie. that feels like a normal movie that's a normal movie <laughs> he's it's normal now don't worry <laughs> um, uh oh i got a, a fl- few more well i mean we already talked about licorice pizza i feel like that's a yeah. really good hangout movie uh stand by me i feel like that's a hangout movie where it's like you're watching these kids you know um and just learning that they are clerks brand doesn't like it i love that movie very good hangout movie you know they're hanging out moonrise kingdom um mayhaps but i don't like that movie but it could be i could be considered one um i'm looking at a list of that people listed as hangout movies is happiness a hangout movie? I don't think it's a hangout no! movie. No! Jesus, that's... God, no. Jesus. <laughs> why, yeah. why is it so shocking? No. What no, the hell? No, whoa! I mean, I what, think... do, what do they do? You know, they hang out. <laughs> they just do that's, fucked that's up That's one shit. way of putting it. That's one way of putting it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's like calling Magnolia a hangout movie. It kind of is. No. Uh... If you put... If we're talking about like summertime and anthology stuff, Magnolia is a hangout movie. We're just watching these people live their lives. And no, I, I, that's different because I think there is like an overarching narrative for each of the storylines that they connect to. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, he in that it like in summertime it's like more abstract. Whereas here it's like it's very very much a narrative. It's just very heavily narrative. Uh, and honestly, I don't really think it's hanging out people are doing stuff they're doing too much stuff in that movie (laughs) yeah as ridiculous as that sounds that's true okay all right white noise white noise no that's not a hang no i'm just saying that that i was hearing white noise oh no i oh i I think i think i've been lagged no i think i'm because i i noticed that you guys took a minute to respond to me as well i don't know i'll fix it in it's your wi-fi again it might be uh, yay, Spectrum in LA. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, I don't know what we do now. <laughs> we talked about all of our movies. See, this is the thing we got to figure out now. How do we end our show? <laughs> There's no more final stack. That's I was about true, to say, yeah, let's we... run down our picks. But now, I guess we can run down our picks one more time. You know? No. No? <laughs> they, don't, they don't deserve it. If, if they... Here's what I'm saying. Like, if the listeners are like really listening, <laughs> yeah, they're not going to be flipping to the end of the episode. They're they're <laughs> not, they're going to have to listen to the episode beginning yeah. to end because I'm not repeating my picks just so that they could go. I watched your episode and repeated my picks verbatim. Here's here's what I'll do. Here's I'm gonna I'm setting up a new new format new format little end thing. Now you guys have to, if you were to choose one of your own, it's sort of like the final stack, but if you could only recommend one of your films, let's end the episode like that. Of the ones that you talked about today, which one would you do? What is your quintessential hangout film? Which one Summertime. would you pick? Summertime is yours? Chris? I think for me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do Come On, Come On. You're going to do Come On, Come On? Well, I'm, you know what? I'm gonna do Lost in Translation because I've talked about Lebowski enough, and I, I thought like you were gonna to watch that movie. I thought you were just gonna pick a random movie out of a hat. <laughs> I'm gonna do um Happy Feet Two. Uh, Happy Feet Two. <laughs> hey, they, they, penguins—they hang out. I don't know. They, I I didn't see it. 
<laughs> and like that, the episode is over. And like that, the episode is over. Go home and go hang out with your friends and watch hangout movies. Thank you all so much for listening. Brandon, Woo! end it. Okay. Alright, get creative with sound effects there, Ethan. <laughs> oh, you already know what you already know what sound effect I'm gonna use then. <laughs> <laughs>